This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Hello and welcome inside a special best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. I'm Adam Scully. Well, it's hard to believe it's already Labor Day and summer is shortly coming to a close. It's been a great summer in the world of golf. Over the next couple of hours, we're going to take a look back at some of our favorite interviews throughout the summer. We'll hear from some of the winners on PGA Tour Canada. We'll hear from Bill Price from TaylorMade on their new High Toe 3 wedges. We'll hear from Tyler Torrieri from the CJGA. We got to host a, a radio and TV show from the CJGA TaylorMade Canadian Invitational about a month or so ago now. That was a lot of fun being there. And uh, so much more throughout this best of edition. But first up, recently... The PGA Tour came out with some new rules and regulations that will be coming down uh, very shortly. Some increased purses, almost like a minimum wage, if you will, for some PGA Tour players. So much more. And recently, Mark Sacchino and I broke down everything going on with the PGA Tour in terms of these new rules and regulations. Big changes announced to the PGA Tour for 2024. Yep. Uh, and actually starting next year in 2023 with some elevated events uh, and whatnot as well. Okay, so let's start with some of the key changes. PGA Tour circled the wagons at a players-only meeting at the BMW Championship. Uh, in conversation with Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour after that, what we come to the conclusion is, is that the best players in the world need to play together more often. Okay, we've all been saying that for for years, including Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson, which was part of their reason to yeah. one of their reasons to to branch off and and create this live series. Uh, series. Thank you. They are now asking the PGA Tour players to play in twenty elevated events. Here are those events. Okay, the three FedEx Cup events, which we already know, the Players Championship, and the four majors. That's eight. Okay, alongside the Memorial, uh, the Genesis, uh, Arnold Palmer, and Genesis Scottish Open. Yeah. Both Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. That leaves, anyway, at the end of the day, there's four events yet to be named that have been elevated out of the 20 that they are expecting now the best in the world to play, assuming they qualify. Mm hmm. Which is a whole other can of worms because the, uh, the, the pool for that used to be the social media uh, players, player impact, player program. impact program has completely changed. One of the it, events too is in Hawaii, the the Century, right? Century yeah. Tournament Champions in Hawaii, which now it's not the Tournament of Champions because if you make it to the Tour Championship, you yeah. automatically qualify for it, whether you've won yeah. uh, or lost. Which is why Cameron Young will be at the Century That's Tournament right. of Champions this year. So the big concern for a lot of our audience was Canadian Open. What happens to the RBC Canadian Open? Well, there's four tournaments. That have yet to be outlined. From what I've heard, Adam, that those four additional elevated tournaments are going to be on a rotating basis. Which makes a lot of sense. Right. So every tournament on the schedule is at some point or another going to get their chance to be one of these elevated events. Where the purse goes up, the FedEx Cup points go up, yada, yada, yada. 
But I would say this to our audience who is watching and listening today. RBC Canadian Open was already sandwiched in between the Memorial and the U.S. Open. The Memorial was already an elevated event with a larger purse and more FedEx Cup points at Jack's house. So the situation for the RBC Canadian Open hasn't really changed at all. Yeah. And last year, we had the greatest Canadian Open. I should say this year, the last Canadian Open. We had the greatest Canadian Open we've ever had with Rory defending his title, breaking all metrics in terms of uh, corporate support, uh, tickets sold, yada, yada, yada. So I don't think this affects the Canadian Open at all. I think Canadian Open is still in a great spot in the schedule. I think it's leading into a major. Uh, players want to play the week before a major. So I, I expect the Canadian Open to be just fine. I was looking at the schedule, however, though. And what happens to the tournaments following yeah. the stretch of PGA, Memorial, your Travelers Championship, Detroit, John Deere Classic, July... Before the players leave for the Scottish Open and go overseas, that stretch in July, which is already a tough stretch, may have just gotten harder. So do you think because of that, one of those events next year being Travelers, Rocket Mortgage, or John Deere will be elevated? Potentially? I I don't know because, so right now, looking at the schedule for next year, PJ Championship May 18th, and then Charles Schwab, Memorial, RBC Canadian Open, US Open, and then Travelers, Rocket Mortgage, John Deere, Scottish Open. I mean, it's, it's, what are you going to take off? I don't know. Yeah. And, I mean, are you, so you elevate one of them. Maybe. Maybe that solves the problem for next year, and then you rotate it again. I mean, we're going to wait and see. Like, mm-hmm. this is the point. We teased it on the way to break. John Romp doesn't even understand <laughs> what's going on here, and he, he's one of the top players yeah. in the world, and he's confused. So we're trying to kind of get through it. What we do know is this. The best players on the PGA Tour are going to play together more often. We know that. Yeah. We know they're going to play for more money. We know that. We know that there is now a league minimum, for lack of a better term. The PJ Tour announced five hundred thousand dollar kind of league cool. minimum, which I think is great for guys graduating for the Corn Ferry Tour and making their way to the PJ Tour. We know that. Mm-hmm. Then on the heels of this, starting in twenty twenty four. Tomorrow Sports is launched with the former head of Golf Channel, Tiger Woods, and Rory McIlroy launching a stadium-like golf league 15 Mondays in 2024 in prime time where teams of three will take on the other team of three. This is in partnership with the PGA Tour, but not under the umbrella of a non-for-profit. This is a separate division um, that will be uh, technology-based, from what I hear, real-time gambling-based as well. Have to be three on three. They're going to play, for lack of a, a, a for lack of a better description, think of a stadium-like environment. Eighteen holes in two hours. All shots that are not short game shots will be played into a giant, almost IMAX-like yeah. simulator screen, and then when they get inside the short game portion of this competition they will then turn to the middle of this stadium i mean this is this is insane right this is all over the place what did you and play those short game shots in that actual short game arena what did you think when you heard this well so the the cool thing about this i think is that i had more friends casual sports fans reach out to me saying what do you think of this i think this is pretty cool right and for me it's intrigue I, is it going to feel sort of hokey pokey? 
probably at, at, from the start at least like is this going to be more casual like are we going to see guys with untucked shirts and a hat backwards you know music cranked. music going that sort of thing which you know wearing hoodies i know that was so you couldn't wear a hoodie yeah you got a hoodie on right there <laughs> um, but it's i'm intrigued about this i i hope you know we learned like we mentioned on last week's show we learned from those matches where you need more than just two guys walking for four and a half hours because that sucks that's boring like and and they want to bring the more casual sports fan into this and that's what like we said on first up that's what this netflix series is going to do is bring more fans in that way and the because tiger's involved because rory's involved to call them generations to two eras perhaps of of two of the great players we've seen in recent memory definitely bring them together that means other players will definitely want to be involved so we'll see the top of the top playing the monday night thing it's it seems it seems kind of weird i don't know like the timing does seem weird when else are you going to do it i well, guess that's the problem it's either going to be monday or tuesday night right and tuesday's a tough one you're getting really close to that week's you know pg yeah. tour event that you're going to bump into and if you're going to do this alongside the tour you got to be careful so it's, it's for me it's curiosity it is curious i, I you know I, i'm going to kind of put it in a category as to you know, golf in America pre-pandemic, yeah. pre-pandemic, golf has had a huge explosion of, of participation uh, in all countries around the world since the start of the pandemic. But pre-pandemic in America, golf was growing as a sport, but the growth was not coming from green grass participation. Growth was coming from top golf simulators, indoor pie, every way golf touched people in a non-traditional capacity, the game was growing. Yeah. So I'll treat this similar to how I would treat Liv if Liv wasn't uh, trying to pretend or or position themselves as we're the future leading entity in the world of golf. This is just another way to introduce people to golf, something cool, something different. It, you know... Uh, you know, if Liv's money came from a different spot, and if Liv was not trying to be the premier golf league in the world and positioning himself that way, and if Liv was doing a bunch of things a little different, and they were just saying, hey, we're a really cool 54-hole exhibition that we're going to do, you know, at a different time of year when the best players in the world aren't trying to compete at the, on the best tour. Sure. Great. Something different. Sure, something different. I kind of look at this that way. I, I, you know, like this could be cool, could be different. Am I going to watch? Yeah. Is it? It could it be fun? Yeah. I'll say the same thing. Time that like, you're not going to care. You know what I mean? There's the there's that care, and that's the same thing we're seeing with Liv. You can put a bunch of names that have brand equity for things they did 15 years ago, and put them on a team called the Fireballs, mm-hmm. and play in some tournament I've never heard of before in a 54 old shotgun, and you might even get a couple good hours of entertainment from yeah. it. And entertainment's wonderful. You know, I watch a lot of movies as well that are entertaining. I just don't care. Yeah, that's the difference. That's totally difference. And I mean, looking. At the round yesterday, we we knew they were playing for a boatload of dough, but it's all it's the prestige of winning the FedEx Cup, and I know it's it's not a major, I know that, and the FedEx Cup's only been around for what fifteen years yeah. now, but there's history. There's you think of some of the great moments in FedEx Cup history, and that's we'll we'll always think back to that putt Rory made yesterday on the fifteenth hole from what forty feet or so, and that come on that reaction. We knew how much these guys wanted. To win, and to, to your point about Liv, sure these guys are you know you win four four and a half million dollars, but 
who cares who wins? They, they, these guys are just going to win more money, but there's no prestige around the tournament. Okay, we got to touch on this because it was brought up this morning when we did the morning show first up, and I've heard this narrative now for about a week. I've read it. People I respect, uh, broadcasters, writers, uh, people I do consider very smart, uh, in tune with what's going on, with this narrative that maybe Phil and Greg were right. That the reaction the PGA Tour is, ha- is having right now uh, wouldn't have happened. All these great things that the PGA-, PGA Tour are doing now wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Phil and Greg. And I will say this, and I said this this morning, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, because I don't think people understand. I think the casual sports fan and even some of these wonderful broadcasters don't understand that the- these are not billionaire owners. This is not the NFL. This is not the NBA. Okay, this is the PGA Tour is a non-for-profit organization. Rights deals pretty much done. Title sponsors like FedEx Cup put to bed. Executive salaries not going up. They're done. So the players are going to get more money. Great. Where does that money come from? It can o- I can only believe if you are a non-for-profit and you have found money that money is going to come from a charitable aim, Adam. I, I mean, we will wait and see. Just remember these conversations. Because in a year from now, a year and a half from now, we will know. Because non-for-profits are just not, legally not allowed to just sit on a boatload of money. It doesn't work that way. So before we start applauding Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson from stealing from the poor to give to the rich... Keep that in mind. So much to unpack from those new PGA Tour rules and regulations. And what an end of the PGA Tour season it was. Rory McIlroy coming back in big fashion. Six shots back to win the Tour Championship, to win the FedEx Cup, and $18 million. It's been a very memorable year on the PGA Tour. Can't wait for that Netflix series coming out next year. It's going to be amazing. On the other side, we'll switch gears. We'll hear from one of the latest winners on PGA Tour Canada. This is our Labor Day special, best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside our Labor Day special best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. I'm Adam Scully. So much to get to. Over the next couple of hours, we're going to hear from many of the winners on PGA Tour Canada. And as I mentioned before, and I'll say it again, one of the the great things that I love doing here on Golf Talk Canada is featuring some of these winners on from PGA Tour Canada because they are the future. They could be the next great player moving up on the PGA Tour. And it's great to put a spotlight on these players and learn their story about how far they've come and what's next in terms of their goals and what they want to do uh, in terms of professional golf. First up, 
We're going to hear now from Will Bateman, who won the ATB Classic in Edmonton. Let's hear from Will. Mark and I had a chance to catch up with Will shortly after his win. People forget that PGA Tour Canada also went away during that time. Now, we had you know, other opportunities uh, for players to play. Uh, Scott Pritchard did a great job of creating the minor, the, the kind of a mini series in Canada for people to play. Uh, there was also a, a mini series developed in the U.S. to keep the guys playing and going. But PGA Tour Canada is actually back for real this season. Full schedule, bigger, better than ever as they start in the West Coast. They're moving east. They're actually headed our way shortly into Ontario. They just handed out. Their second trophy of the season yesterday in Edmonton. And the latest winner on PGA Tour Canada joins us now, Will Bateman. Will, how are you, man? Uh, congratulations. Awesome. I know you've been out there. I know you've been professional for quite some time, playing for, for quite some time. What's it mean to, to finally be a winner? And what's it mean to do it in Edmonton? Oh, it's huge. Um, you know, first first win on, you know, PGA Tour Canada and uh, – to do it in my hometown in front of, uh, you know, everybody that was there, it was, it was massive. Now, not only was it your hometown, you also played golf at the Edmonton Petroleum Golf and Country Club from the age of 6 to 12. So give us some perspective on how much that meant to not only play in front of home fans, but on your home course, too. Yeah, um, you know, grew up there when I was younger and, uh, you know, played there a bunch. So it was... Uh, you know, home turf, I felt like, um, but yeah, I just, I try to stay patient all weekend, uh, you know, to chip in and in the playoff on, you know, 18 in front of, uh, in front of everyone, everybody going nuts. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Will, you played well in the opening event, 67, 65, 68, when you were out in Victoria and then you closed with 73, you had a rough Sunday. Did you learn from that Sunday? And did you anticipate this coming? Because you shot rounds of 65, 67, 68, 65, a bookend 65 in this one. I just get the feeling that you were just not going to let this one get away. Yeah, um, honestly, I, I felt like I played really, really good last week. Um, just we, we kind of, you know, being in contention there, um, we got some terrible weather, um, basically you know, the morning wave basically was no wind, no rain for, you know, four or four or five hours. And then as soon as 12 o'clock hit, there was, you know, it was blowing 20 and, and raining. So um, I basically just, you know, told myself to stay patient. And I knew that, you know, putting myself in contention um, again, and I was going to get some good weather eventually. And luckily it was the week after, but it was, it was fun. So we mentioned this briefly, Will, that you won in a three-way, three-man playoff, and you chipped in for the second playoff hole to get the victory. Walk us through what that chip in was like, what, what kind of shot you were facing, and what reaction was like right after it went in. Yeah, um, I, you know, going into that shot uh, in regulation, I, I actually putted it, and um, I didn't know where I was at because I'm not really, you know, I don't really watch leaderboards too much, but. Um, you know, I, I put it in regulation, and it was pretty sticky in there. So I, I, I left it like 15 feet short and ended up missing that, making par from, you know, I was only, you know, 20, 30 feet from the pin in regulation. But anyways, I hit it I hit it there in the, on the second playoff hole, and it was a no-brainer that I was going to chip it. And I kind of just went into it 
thinking that, you know, I hold the shot on my buddies all the time and just do it one more time and ended up going in. We're with Will Bateman, the latest winner on PGA Tour Canada. He got it done in a three-man playoff on the second holes. You just heard it, the ATB Classic presented by Volvo Edmonton on Sunday. Uh, Will, what does this do for the rest of the year? Does it change your goals at all or change your outlook? And is that a double-edged sword? Is that a trap door with, oh, okay, I've got to win under my, my belt now. I've got to change things or I've got to change how I feel about the year in terms of success. Because um, because it, it could you know it can be a trap that you fall into as opposed to hey I'm obviously on the right plan I'm obviously doing the right things let's just keep doing it. Yeah, I mean going into this year, um, you know my goal was to was to win the money list and win win the points list. Um, I know that this is a great start. You know we're only you know two events in, um, but yeah I'm, I'm just trying to stay patient and stuff and and I'm not looking you know, too far ahead. Um, like I said, it's only the second event and it's a great start to the year, but I know that there's a lot of golf to play and I'm just going to, you know, focus on one shot at a time from here on out. Now, of course, we always talk about, Will, how the U.S. Open ends on Father's Day, but for you, you got a victory also on Father's Day. How special was that? No, oh, it was fun. Um, you know, my dad was right there and yeah just you know chipping in and then going giving him giving him a big hug and and tell him i told you <laughs> <laughs> it was cool it was really cool well before we let you go off the top we were talking about you know the return of the rbc canadian open but obviously the return of pga tour canada and you know what does it mean to someone like yourself and some of your you know colleagues out there to have the tour back this year full flight a full schedule, strong sponsors, uh, a, a real place to play and get tuned and hopefully make the next step to the Corn Ferry Tour and beyond. How important was it for you that it is back this year on Canadian soil? Yeah, it's been huge. Um, I've, uh, I've I've really been looking forward to it. You know, I, I was looking forward to it, honestly, last year um, before that they, uh, they made the form tour and uh, we decided to play in the States, but you know, to have it back this year and and to be playing some really good golf and and knowing that um, I'm going to some courses that are familiar and you know obviously being up on, on home turf it's uh, it's been massive and I think that you know Scott's been doing an amazing job with getting some great sponsors and um, I think it's going to be a really really fun year and just looking forward to the rest of it. Congratulations, Will. Good luck the rest of the way. Let's uh, let's hope we do this again on another uh, Winners Monday here on Golf Talk Canada. Let's grab a few more W's. Talk to you next week, man. There you go. <laughs> I love it. That's what I'm talking about. We'll take care. Thanks, Will. Great win by Will Bateman in Edmonton, and he's gone on to have a great season so far on PGA Tour Canada. Just a couple of weeks left in their season. We'll hear from many of the other winners on PGA Tour Canada coming up in hour two. But coming up on the other side, we'll play out one of our most recent winners, Weird and What's, with uh, Mark and myself. That's coming up after the break. This is our Labor Day special, best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today.
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back inside our Labor Day special best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. I'm Adam Scully. Mark and Bob will also be back on next week's show. We're back doing live shows as we continue to preview the President's Cup, which is just a couple of weeks away. Next up here on our best of, we're going to play one of our most recent editions of Winners Weird and What. And this time around, Mark at the T. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, you know, I've, <laughs> I've seen a lot of people decide crazy things with rock, uh, rock, scissors, paper. Did you see Adam Hadwin this week? I did. This it, is a great clip. This is so cool. Adam Hadwin, we'll show this on our Golf Talk Canada yes, TV we will. Uh, show this week. Adam's walking off the 18th green in scoring, da-da-da. All these kids are there trying to get Adam Hadwin's autograph and da-da-da. He's got his golf glove. He's like, who wants my golf glove? And all these kids are like, da-da-da. He goes... We're going to play rock, scissors, paper on who gets a golf club right there. One, and of course, you always go rock, right, Adam? You always oh, go rock. Oh, now that's that. See, okay, that's what's... up for debate. <laughs> I don't think you always go rock. Actually, I, I had a friend who claimed that he was back in university, claimed he was an Olympic-level rock, paper, scissors. Really? And people believed him. That... <laughs> How many L's are in gullible? How do you believe that? I think we actually should have done rock, uh, paper, scissors to decide who had the tea this week. That ah, would've... that would have made sense. Maybe for okay. TV. All Maybe right. for TV. Maybe we'll, we'll do that. That's it. <laughs> anyway, I just thought it was super cool. Adam uh, Howard having fun with the kids and uh, rock, scissors, paper to decide who yeah. gets the golf club. My weird this week, did you see Saturday, Rory, on the putting green with the electric I, golf ball? Okay, the, so the I saw, I, golf ball? Yeah. So what, what happened? So he's standing there, and they're they're still putting out. They're, this hole is not over. Mm-hmm. And Rory's standing there, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of his eye, he catches this remote control golf ball that someone from the stands has brought, and it's going z- 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 <laughs> by the hole, around yeah. the hole, and you know someone in the crowd. I, you never got a glimpse of if they knew where it was coming from or, or where the person, I'm assuming it's got the antenna, like the old school stuff. I, I think, don't know. Yeah. For all we know now, it's on a smartphone. Likely. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I've never even seen one of these things before. And Rory is looking at it like this and not, not amused at all. No. Picks up the remote control <laughs> golf ball, turns around and, and hurls it. it into the pond, and the crowd goes. Yeah, it was quite a throw. You know, if Roy wants to play baseball at some point, he's got. Yeah, he's got a good arm yeah, for it. There you arm. go. Yeah, good righty out of the pen. Yeah. My what for this week is what a year for Tom Kim. Okay, Tom Kim. A lot of people didn't know who he was. Okay, Tom Kim at the end, December thirty first, two thousand and one. Tom Kim was one hundred thirty first in the world. Okay, playing primarily everywhere else in the world but the PGA Tour, Mm -hmm. right? As we are about to close out the season, he just narrowly missed the Tour Championship. He is currently 20th in the official World Golf Ranking. From 131, he is 20th. And look at this summer for Tom Kim. 23rd at the U.S. Open, 3rd at the Scottish Open, T47 at the Open Championship, T26 at the 3M Open, 7th at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He wins the Wyndham Championship. He finishes T13 at the FedEx Cup and T54 last week at the BMW Championship. He has not missed a cut since 
May. <laughs> and in fact, if I look right now at all of his starts, one, two, three, four, uh, 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 out of his 13 starts on the PGA Tour, he only missed one cut. Impressive. Yeah. And he got the W. And the President's Cup now. And now he is officially a lock, part of the international team of the President's Cup. What a year for Tom Kim. And what a year for Tom Kim. And again, I have to give you credit here. You walked with him. You saw him at Rocket Mortgage. And then you picked him the next week at the Wyndham Championship. What does he do? He gets the W. He finished seventh at the Rocket Mortgage. He closed with a 63. I talked to him on the Sunday night immediately after his round. And I said, hey, you know, congratulations. You're a member of the PGA Tour now. You know, you're going to the FedEx Cup playoffs. And you would expect, like, this huge celebration. It hadn't set in yet. But the one thing I could tell Adam as soon as I looked at him was he was upset he didn't win that golf tournament. Mm. And he's like, I should have won. I, I'm playing good enough to win. Why haven't I won? That was the that was yeah. the energy I got. So I'm like, this guy is he's cut from a different cloth. Because everybody else you talk to there is thrilled they're going to the playoffs and they've got they've got a, a full time card next year. Not him. Why didn't I win? I go, let's take him next week. But but even after he won too, he you know the next week he was asked you know oh have you made any big purchases yet? I don't even know how much I won. That was no. his response. He hadn't no. looked at his bank account yet. He said Tiger never thought about the yeah. money. He never talked Good about for the him. money. Right? Good That's for awesome. him. All right, Adam. The tea is yours, sir. 348. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is sweet. I got to tell you, I uh, have to give a shout out to Michelle from the Swing Lab Performance and Therapy Center, to Jeff McDonald, who gave uh, both of us yes. the opportunity yeah. to go there. She's unlocked like 15 yards in my golf swing. Because you uh, needed it too, right? Only because I needed it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, speaking of some good golf, my winner this week goes to uh, Adele Sanford playing the club championship out at Canmore Golfing Country Club. And she did something that will it was done on the PGA Tour a couple of years ago by Brian Harmon, but it never really happens ever. And that is making not one, but two aces in one round. And not only one round, but her club championship. Unbel- only the How third time she's that? ever played in, in some type of competitive environment yeah. as well. I mean, wow, she's setting the standard pretty high for herself at a young age. <laughs> I know, but two aces in one <laughs> round? Like that's- I don't know. Do, do we know... Uh, what the uh, like? What the actual mathematical odds of something like that happening are? I, like it must be as, uh, astronomical. Well, it, they say that getting struck by lightning is more likely than a hole in one. I right. think, and two in the same and round. Two in the same round. We'll, we'll we'll do some. We'll get our research team involved. Us uh, in yes. the commercial break, yes. and uh, we'll try to we'll, figure that one. Yeah, out. exactly. All okay, right. my weird this week. <clears throat> for those who golf, you know that sometimes the tan lines aren't aren't exactly ideal. You know, sometimes the the tan line around here or, or the the hand. I've got the hand. Or the yeah. or the legs, whatever. Yeah. Shane Lowry's caddy, he, uh, he decided to take matters into his own hands, and uh, he was walking with, I believe they were Birkenstocks. He took his shoes off. They were, it was some sort of sandal. Okay. I, I'm very, I've not seen this. Okay. I, I don't know why he decided in, in maybe go barefoot. I mean. Always an awkward choice for a full-grown man to go barefoot in public. Men's feet are just not attractive at <laughs> We need to cover that's, these hooves up. That's okay? a great point. But, I mean, <laughs> the Birkenstock, I mean, the blisters, you're going to be sweating. Yeah, it's I, I disgusting. Just, the whole thing's disgusting yeah, as far as I'm so concerned. Yeah, so to Bo Martin, Shane Lowry's caddy, what were you thinking? So were they ghost white, too? 
Oh yeah, these were. He looked like he had the sweat socks on. He looks like he had the sweat <laughs> like socks a pair on. of tube socks. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it, That's great. it was it was not a pretty sight. Let's uh, <laughs> let, let's put it that way. Okay, <laughs> my what this week? This goes to a story that came out early last week after Cameron Smith had WD'd from the BMW Championship. So he was playing in the first uh, leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, and he had an errant tee shot, and his ball hit a fan's phone. Saw this, yeah. Broke the phone. Smashed the phone. Smashed yeah. the phone. So, obviously, panic arises for this fan thing. Oh, my God, my cell phone, my life is in my hand, and now it's shattered. Cameron Smith comes over, signs a glove, takes down the guy's phone number, and the guy thinks, oh, okay, maybe something will come of this. Two days later, brand new iPhone shows up. You know, a lot's been said about Cameron Smith over the last you know, 10 days or so, whether he goes to live, whether he doesn't go to live, whether he plays in the President's Cup, etc. But good for him for, for being for doing the right thing here. Mm. And obviously these guys make boatloads of money. They can definitely afford this. And the likelihood of hitting a fan's phone on the fly is so remarkably unlikely. But for him to do this, it, good for him. We saw a moment similar three, four years ago. Sergio Garcia hit a tee shot and it hit a, a woman's diamond in yeah. her ring. And there was like a 20-person search committee looking for it, and I don't think they ever found it, but right. good for Cameron Smith for doing that. Yeah, you know, by all accounts, and I've had a, a few one-on-ones with Cameron. I walked with him for four days at Kapalua when he broke the yeah, record right. this year. S- spoke to him every day. Cameron Smith is a good guy. Uh, I mean, he's got friends out there. He is well-liked on the PGA Tour. Um, you know, not everybody. Like, again, I always said, listen, personally, I have a problem with Liv, like where the money comes from. Uh, what the goal of live is, like uh, sports washing, etc. It's not personally. I have a moral, ethical problem with that. That's me. That's my. Doesn't mean it has to be wrong for you. I'm just telling what's wrong with me. I would have a problem looking my wife in the face. My, you know, uh, I have gay friends. Like I mean, just the, I wish their human rights yeah. standards are. And I also, by the way. Go. I understand that governments around the world do things for geopolitical reasons all the time, do things for money. Governments, I'm hoping that people are better than governments because if we're not, we're all in trouble. <laughs> Don't get me even started on, on the, wor- the, the way the Western world is operating in the yeah. last several decades. It disgusts me, okay? So I could do hours on this. We won't. This is not a political show. This is a golf show. However, there are guys that are go- going to be good guys to say, you know what? A, he's Australian. He wants to bring golf to Australia. They're going to expand into the Australian market. We spoke about it early in the show. It's a neglected market. There's a bunch of Australians that are likely going to get together with a a big Australian conglomerate. Okay, so he's with his countrymen. And maybe he just says, hey, I'm taking the money and I'm going. And and that's fine. And if that's what he makes a choice for, that's fine. I mean, I think a lot of the bad boy narrative of Liv is because of the first crop of guys that went. Out of the first crop of people that went, and you line them up, there's not a lot of likable characters here, Adam. It was like the guy, everybody in the last decade who has had a problem with somebody else on the PGA Tour, had a problem with the media, had a problem in the press conference, had a problem with the commissioner, had a problem with that, they're there. They all lined up, right, as like the the bad guys. They're the heels. The heels already left. Mm -hmm. The heels jump ship. Well, that's not always the case for all 48, to your point. Cameron Smith's a pretty good guy. Yeah, pretty good guy. And, I mean, you know, good good for him because the amount of panic that would go through someone's, especially in this day and age, if, if your phone's broken, 
you know, there was that day, what was it, six weeks ago now, where, where there was a shortage uh, with, with one of the phone companies, not going to mention their name on the air here, right. where, where I was without cell service for 24 hours, and right. it was the weirdest thing right. ever. Yes. So, I mean... scary yeah. to feel how... Uh, Reliant, yes. we are. Yes, I mean, this, so right? it, what has it, happened? But in the end, good for Cameron Smith for, for doing the right thing. Very Will we so. see him this week? I don't know. Uh, we've got to go to break. On the other side, the 20 week stalemate, there is still a this chance. Time. Oh, yeah. We are going to give it away Wednesday. Yeah. The grand prize. We'll, we'll get into it next. Before we go to break, though, uh, what about, uh, I can't believe we didn't bring this up today, uh, Patrick Reed's lawsuit. <laughs> is this <laughs> the most ridiculous thing? Suing Brandel Chambly and Golf Channel. For defamation of character. For $750 million. Like, what? I I have spoken to 900 lawyers in the last week. Zero chance. This is is never going to see daylight. No. Uh, There there is nothing here. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) to prove defamation in the legal sense, you need to prove... That Golf Channel and Brandel Chambly went to air with false information that they previously knew was false, and they have to prove that they took that false information to air in the att- uh, with the att- intent of tearing down Patrick Reed and hurting him personally, financially. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, that's the chain, the la- the lane in layman's terms yeah. on how to legally prove that. What is he doing? I mean, they, they're, they, when they're talking about him, they're looking at him on video, throwing sand over his shoulder. Yeah, or putting his club behind a, a ball in, in a really thick lie so many times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you. It, it was when I, when I was, I actually saw that I was in a car when I, uh, I was not driving, when I, when I saw the, the tweet and my friends looked at me and were like, are you kidding me? Like, really? It, it, $750 million? Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And, and by the way, for the guys that are going for more money so they can, and also to play le- less golf, he's one of the guys probably going to be playing uh, Asian Tour golf, right? He's already played yeah. Asian Tour golf, yeah. and he's, he's dropped in the world rankings. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Can't take any more. Never a dull moment in winners, weird, and what. Coming up on the other side, we're going to hear from Tyler Torrieri, who's with the CJGA. This is our Labor Day special, best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back inside our Labor Day special best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. I'm Adam Scully. Well, about a month ago, we hosted both radio and TV from Lionhead at the inaugural CJGA TaylorMade Canadian Invitational. And while we were there, we caught up with Tyler Torrieri, who's the Director of Tour Operations with the CJGA to discuss the tournament and so much more. Let's hear from Tyler Torrieri. Tyler, good to finally meet you in person, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. So we're here. It's the CJGA TaylorMade Canadian Invitational. Lots of age divisions. It's a beautiful day here. Tell us a little bit about the event. 
Yeah, so we have all four uh, of our age divisions here, junior boys, junior girls, Bantam boys, Bantam girls, um, three-day stroke play event to determine our overall champion in each division. Um, it's fantastic out here. The infrastructure setup is, is awesome. You guys are out here, which makes it even better. Um, and it's going to be a great couple days here, so we're really excited. Now, this is dubbed as a major. What's the difference between a major and a, I know what it is on the PGA Tour and other golf, but, uh, but what is the difference in, at the CJGA level between a major and a regular event? Yeah, I mean, this first of all, the setup. I mean, we go pretty all, all out here, roping tee decks, greens, putting green, um, as you can see, just more infrastructure. Um, and then the level of competition is higher too. Um, the players out here are some of the best in Canada um, across all the age divisions from you know 10 to 19 years old. Um, so that really separates it from our other tour stops. Um, and we're again, we're really excited to be out here this week. So. Now, of course, TaylorMade is a partner of our show, partner of the CJGA. How much does that partnership mean to you guys, and what kind of goodie bag are these players walking out with when they leave here? Uh, oh, integral to uh, what we're trying to do here, and we can't thank them enough. Um, just for showing up, the players get a dozen TaylorMade TP5 or TP5X golf balls, um, a hat, a water bottle, towels, a valuables pouch. The list goes on and on. That's just for showing up. Is it too late to sign up? Yeah, <laughs> we got we got to get the age requirement there. Yeah, um, but and then I mean the winners get you know a brand new TaylorMade staff golf bag. Um, and along with other, you know, more balls, hats, everything. So we really can't thank TaylorMade enough. Without them, we, we can't put on events like this. So uh, we really appreciate their support. G give me a little idea of what these players are shooting, both at the Bantam and the junior level. I mean, put it in some numbers for me that I can understand. Yeah, yeah, no, and again, it's, it's going to blow your mind how good some of these players are out here. Um, the uh, winning score should be probably somewhere between 6 to 10 under par <laughs> for the week, which, uh, you know, for, for you know, 12 to, to 15 year olds and even 15 to 18 year olds is incredible. Um, I wish I could shoot that well when I was there. Right? So, uh, but it's going to be some fantastic golf out here this week. Yeah, all of us, I think, wish we could shoot score somewhere yeah, around exactly. there, maybe breaking 80. Sometimes yeah. that's a good day for some of us, too. But to put on events of this magnitude, there's so much else that goes on other than the golf that we see. There's so much stuff behind the scenes, volunteers, organization. How much goes into an event like this? Yeah, crazy amount. Um, I can't thank my team enough. Uh, I, I just kind of rolled in the other day. Um, from uh, from traveling and they had this all set up for me and um, and and you know my, my my main man Ryan Shaw my social guy Blake Sloan and all my my interns um, they do a phenomenal job and um, it really makes a difference to these players and parents when they roll in and see something like this and um, it's not easy by any means but um, you know when it comes together and you see everything here it, it makes a difference so um, it, it's it's been good. Now the CGAGA has been around for a long time. Yes. Tell, tell me some of the alumni and tell me some of the stories behind some of the players whether they. It is professionals or amateurs, or they're using golf for business. What are, what are the success stories of this tournament in this league? Yeah, I mean, number one, Brooke Henderson, right? She just locked in her second career major. Uh, she's won multiple events, multiple majors with us back in the day on the women's side, and then you know on the men's side, um, you know, Mac Hughes, um, Adam Hadwin, David Hearn. Like the list goes on and on. Pretty much all the Canadians on tour have come through our program and um, have said that you know this is kind of the first step to getting to that next level. Um, and uh, as far as uh, like more LPGA Tour um, alumni, there's Alina Sharp, and um, it's it's awesome to see them play with us. And now they're like Brooke a couple weeks ago on uh, at, at the the major championship there, the Evian. She played awesome, and you know it's it's great to see. Now speaking of great to see, I understand you were just in Scotland with yes. the, for an event with the CGGA, yes. and Canada came out on top. Tell we us did. about that. Yes, yes, we uh, we won the Euro Junior Golf Cup in uh, in, in St Andrews, Scotland. Um, want to shout out all my boys there. We uh, there was a great group of kids this year. Um, they really came together as a team and uh, finally beat the U.S. We didn't beat them in six or seven years now, so it was definitely a, a good feeling to, to finally uh, get the win. And um, really proud of all those guys out there. When we're talking about the talent level here, do you have scouts? Do you have university people coming out and looking coaches, things yes. like that, and walking around here? 
Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we uh, we have a lot of uh, colleges and universities that uh, reach out to us and um, you know want to come watch these kids and ask us about these kids because um, you know it's not all it's not all about what you see on the golf course too. It's about who they are as a person off the golf course, and I think that's really important and something that we do try and instill into our players is. You know, you, you can be a great golfer, but you also have to be a good person. Um, so saying that, there is going to be probably quite a few um, college and university coaches, not only from Canada, but from the U.S. too, um, that will be here and watching these players this week. Now, Tyler, before we let you go, busy time here for the CJGA. Take us through your upcoming schedule. Yeah, so uh, once we're done here, we got uh, two more majors lined up back-to-back, -back, our Polar Golf Canadian Championship coming up, and then right after that, our Mizuno National Championship. Um, that is the week after. And then once uh, that's done, season's over for the summer, and then we kick into our fall series. So we got a, a fully loaded fall series right until the middle of October. Uh, and then hopefully a little downtime after that until our Florida event kicks up uh, over Christmas. So it's busy, but it's good. Well, it's a great time for the CJGA. Lots going on, Tyler. Thanks for your time today. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for having me. Some great stuff there from Tyler and the CJGA. That wraps up hour one of our Labor Day Best of Edition of GTC. Coming up on the other side, we'll hear from some of the winners from PGA Tour Canada. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside our Labor Day special best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. I'm Adam Scully. Coming up in hour two, we'll hear from a number of the winners from PGA Tour Canada. We'll also go one-on-one -on -one with Bill Price from TaylorMate to discuss their new high toe three wedges. I actually just had these wedges uh, arrive about a couple days ago and looking forward to testing them out on the golf course for the first time. But given this is a best of and given it's Labor Day, summer is coming to a close. And when all, whenever this does happen, we like to look back on the, at the summer and what a summer it's been for golf all over, but in particular for Canadian Brooke Henderson, Canada's all-time winningest professional golfer, has had a summer to remember. A pair of victories, including her second career major championship. The only Canadian to have multiple major wins. What a victory that was at the Evian Championship. And Brooks had a very solid year. And I, I know she didn't have her best stuff at the CP Women's Open. There was a lot of pressure that week. You know, she she spoke with Bob before teeing off in round one, saying it's kind of cool to feel like Tiger Woods for the week because of all, you know, the, the atmosphere, the gallery following her every step of the way. But it's been a great summer for Brooke Henderson. And it's hard to believe she turns 25 years old 
later this week. And she's already had this unbelievable career, 12 career wins, now two major championships. And there's a big part of the LPGA Tour season coming up. There's many tournaments to go. And, and Henderson has had a, a, a great year, taking a look at her stats, second in the race, the CME Globe, third in official money right now. She's third on the LPGA Tour in greens in regulation, too. That is her make or break. She, she always hits the ball well. But for Brooke Henderson around the greens, that's where that's where actually her make or break really is because she's 24th on the LPGA Tour in putts per greens and regulation, 75th in putting average, 52nd in sand saves. Now, those numbers have improved from last year. That, that left-hand low grip has really helped Brooke Henderson, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how she plays come the rest of the season. It's been a great year so far. And for Brooke Henderson, a big part of the LPGA tour season is still to come. Speaking of golf in Canada, let's get back to the PGA tour Canada. And we all, we always have the winners come on our show after winning a PGA tour Canada event. And Noah Goodwin went on to win the Ontario open. One of the, the great uh, tournaments on PGA Tour Canada, and I had a chance to go one-on-one with him after he got the win. Noah, welcome to the show. Ontario Open champion. How does that sound to you? Thanks for having me, man. Uh, it sounds pretty good. It didn't really sink in until this morning whenever I woke up. What was the celebration like? Uh, haven't, haven't been able to have too much of one yet. Just a lot of driving. Uh, we drove about three hours yesterday and then we're able to drive the rest of the three this morning to get here in Quebec. Um, but we'll probably celebrate tonight, go to a nice dinner, but then at the end of the day, it's still business this week. Absolutely still business this week. Now you won by seven shots. You led wire to wire. Take us through your week. What went right? Um, besides the simple answer of everything, um, you know, I kind of said it right after I got off the golf course in one of my interviews, just the stars aligned for me this week. Um, you don't really have many times when you can put together 72 holes, um, in the way that I was able to. And so it was just something really special to me. Um, I made, I want to say I made like four Eagles this week or something like that. It was just it was just one of those weeks where I was playing the golf I needed to win, but then I was also getting all the little bounces, all the little like lip-ins, everything like that, that you just need like the luck side to go your way. Now, it only took you five career starts to get your first victory on PGA Tour Canada. How surprising, if at all, is that to you? You know, the craziest part is um, I missed three of the four cuts leading up to it, and I felt like my game was there the entire time. It's kind of golf's a weird sport in that way where you feel like you're doing the right things and you know you're doing the right things, but the scoring aspect just isn't there at all. And so it's kind of like that internal battle of like, am I actually doing the right things? So am I just, do I just keep trusting myself? And this week was kind of the one week where I really just decided to just trust myself. I knew I was doing everything that I needed to do to be successful, but you can just try too hard sometimes. And I was trying way too hard on like the little things on the putting green, trying to force putts to fall. And this week I kind of just let it all happen. Now, how much does it mean to you to not only win the Ontario open, but even more so because of the rich history the tournament has? 
yeah, it, it was an incredible experience. The, they put on an incredible event this year. I understood it was the first one since 2019 because of COVID and everything. And just to have the volunteers and everything, the club at Woodington Lake, everybody just came together and made us feel right at home. They put on an incredible golf course with that was in great condition. Um, I got to look at a few names on the trophy during all the um, just everything going on yesterday. And there were some pretty historic names on it. So it feels really, really cool just to be able to be a part of all that history. Now, as soon as you walked off the golf course, I'm sure you pulled your phone out. What were some of the texts and reaction like from friends and family? Oh, it was crazy. Um, I actually couldn't get to my phone for like an hour. And I think that was worse because I just I was so far behind the entire day, um, just replying to people. I talked to my dad about it. I I'm really blessed. I have a great support system around me. I have a lot of people that cheer for me and root me on, whether it's peers friends, family, stuff like that. So I was really fortunate and I definitely felt all the love and support, which I mean, there are times in golf when we play a sport that it's a lot less rewarding than it is rewarding. So it makes the little moments like yesterday just all the more worth it. Now, you're the first wire to wire winner on PGA Tour Canada since 2017. But how challenging was it for you mentally to stay focused, sleeping on the lead every night? it's kind of like 50 50 I enjoy playing with a lead because I know if I'm playing my game I'm just trusting myself I can continue to go low um but yeah it was a it was just a weird feeling um I knew after the first round I was like okay this is this is different than it has been in the other week normally I'm staring at the cut line trying to figure out how to make that and all of a sudden I was at the top of the leaderboard and then, so that was an interesting night. And then the next day I knew I just needed to put up a good round. It was kind of windy second round in the afternoon. And I was able to go out and do that. And then Saturday was the one where it kind of hit me a little bit. I was like, haven't, I've been in this position before, but it obviously has not been anywhere near as big of a stage. It's been a minute. I'm in a different country than I'm used to. Just like all these little things. And just to be able to have my dad there, somebody I can talk to, trust him more than anything, and just be able to have him like alongside the bag, because I know he's feeling everything that I'm feeling out there. It's not so much like I hired somebody just for the week who could does care, but doesn't at the same time. Like I knew the person I had with me was feeling every single emotion that I was. And that was comforting in a lot of ways because I was able to talk to him. I was able to kind of look at him and he was able to calm me down. And Saturday was a good round. I capitalized it with an eagle on 17 to get back to three under after I had a bad double on 10, I believe. And then kind of going into the last round, I just, we had a game plan and it was play the par fives really, really well. I didn't exactly do that, but I followed my game plan in other ways. And, you know, it was just kind of one of those days where everything worked out. Well, Noah, you also moved to number four in the Fortinet Cup standings. A huge week for you. Huge rest of the season coming up. Congratulations on the victory and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, sir. I appreciate it. Great victory for Noah Goodwin at the Ontario Open. Really enjoyed speaking with him. The next week, PGA Tour Canada 
was in Quebec for the Quebec Open. And Ryan Girard went on to win that week, taking home $36,000 with the win. I should mention, too, Noah Goodwin also won $36,000. And after Ryan Girard won the Quebec Open, I also spoke with him after the dub. Ryan, congrats on the victory. What went right for you throughout the week? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, just felt like I played really solid all week. Definitely hit the ball really, really well and uh, kept it in front of me and underneath the hole. And usually when you keep it out of trouble, good things tend to happen. So glad everything lined up and was happy to get the win. Did anything switch for you heading into the week? Did you have a good feeling you were going to play well? Yeah, I felt like I've been hitting the ball really well for a while. And I actually made a putter switch at the beginning of the week. As as crazy as that sounds, just kind of got everything a little bit uh, better mojo on the greens and I uh, put in a few extra hours on the uh, putting greens before and just with the new putter and uh, tend to work out. So I'll take it. How different were the putters? Was it mallet to blade or, or were, were they subtly different? Yeah, I mean, subtly different. I switched from a Bettinardi kind of half mallet to more of a Scotty Cameron bigger mallet that switched from a, like a stainless steel type putter to a black black head putter with more of a white alignment line. I felt like helped me line up just a little bit better and um, it's a little firmer off the face, didn't have to make quite as big a stroke. So uh, small, subtle differences here and there, but uh, overall enough of a difference to push me up the leaderboard. Yeah, he pushed you up the leaderboard in a big way. You actually won wire to wire. How awesome was it to do that? But at the same time, how challenging was that to sleep on the lead every night? Yeah, I think anytime you can win, it's 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 really cool. It's really good and tells you that your game's in a good spot. Uh, I think wire to wire, yeah, it, it, it is cool leading every single day of the tournament. But um, at the end of the day, you just want to be the person standing on top at the end. Uh, you do kind of feel it though after after the week goes on you're just a little bit more mentally fatigued because you're looking up and you're always seeing your name up there the people are always kind of following your group you know there's a little bit more attention on you so um, I'm not saying that it's going to be any more challenging but it's definitely a little bit more fatiguing uh, mentally just because you know you're constantly kind of in that top spot and everyone's gunning for you. So after you get that win, you do some media, you finally get to pull out your phone. What kind of reaction did you get from your friends and family? Oh, man, it was really cool to see. I had hundreds of texts and Instagram, just Twitter. Everyone was blowing up. Um, thankfully, I have a lot of really, really close friends and family that have my back and through the good and the bad times. So when I win, it's really cool to see the people that have been supporting me just as happy for me. Um, when I play well is they still got my back if it's not going too well for me as well. So it's really cool to see just positive support from a lot of people that have been riding for me for a while. Now you win in your fourth start as a pro. Were you surprised at how fast it took to get a dub? Yeah, uh, a little bit. I mean, you don't want to put any pressure on yourself kind of any more than wanting to play well every week. So I'd say in that sense, a little bit surprised that it came quickly, but I feel like I'm, I'm turning pro I'm playing golf professionally. Like I'm not here to just mess around. Like this is my job. I'm trying to take it really seriously and I'm trying to move up and get to the PGA tour as quickly as possible. So 
in that sense, yeah, a little bit surprised. Maybe it came four starts, but uh, I expect to be here and I expect to contend and I expect to play well. Otherwise, I wouldn't be playing professional golf. I'd be sitting at a desk somewhere. Yeah, you mentioned that you're a new pro and you're currently in Florida as we record this, getting ready to head up to the next PGA Tour Canada event in a couple, uh, in just a little bit of time. What's a typical day in the life for you now that you're a full-time professional? Well, right now it's just sleeping a lot and trying to get the body back in shape. But um, I think usually you spend three or four hours in the morning playing, practicing, working out, whatever. I usually I'll go play 18 holes. doesn't take too long in the summer in Florida. There's no one out here. No one wants to brave the heat. And then uh, maybe work on a few things that you felt like didn't go too well in the course. A lot of it's just kind of get – trying to get the distances dialed with wedges and making sure short game putting that stuff feels good. And if there's anything major going on with a swing or alignment or just minor things like that, you want to kind of get everything tuned up. So when you show up in the week, it's all about learning the course and getting a feel for everything. You're not worried about whether your swings doing a certain thing or technique, you're really trying to iron all that stuff out at home. So when you show up, it's just ready to go. You're not putting a lot of extra effort because as as weeks go on as you play three week stretches especially towards the back end of them you get tired and it's it is a grind so you gotta you gotta conserve as much energy as you possibly can and i'm sure you'll keep learning as as the weeks go on but to get a win that early in your career is absolutely huge now you're originally from raleigh north carolina went to school at unc how appreciative are you of the opportunity to play on pga tour canada Oh, I'm I'm extremely appreciative and thankful for that opportunity. I mean, coming out of college, there's not really a lot of good options for guys um, playing mini tours, trying to get ready for Corn Ferry Q School. It's all pretty much the same. But if you if you're on PGA Tour Canada, you get to play like a real PGA Tour sanctioned uh, set of events, really good competition, um, decent money. And you actually have stuff to play for that means a lot for your career coming down the down the line. So I think just to have that opportunity play eight, nine, ten events against some of the better players that aren't on the Corn Ferry Tour or PGA Tour yet. I mean, competition's really good. Seventy-two holes. You're just preparing yourself for what it's going to be like in the future, hopefully. Okay, before we let you go, you're fourth in the Fortinet Cup standings right now in a great spot. What's your outlook for the rest of the season? Yeah, I think uh, just try and keep doing what I've been doing, Um, play solid, try and get comfortable on the golf courses. And I feel like you definitely want to get in those top two spots, see an RBC Canadian exemption for next year, which would be really cool playing a PGA Tour event. And uh, no, just keep pushing, foot on the gas pedal. And everyone out here is good. Everyone out here is gunning for you. And no one's spot is safe. So you got to just keep playing every week like it means the most possible to you as it can. So. Well, Ryan, a life-changing victory for you. Congratulations on the win, and hopefully we'll talk to you again, perhaps after another win on PGA yeah, Tour this season. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Adam. Congratulations to Goodwin and Gerard for their respective victories on PGA Tour Canada. Coming up on the other side, we'll go one-on-one with Parker Cootie, who won the Manitoba Open just a couple weeks ago on PGA Tour Canada. Plus, coming up later in the show, an in-depth look at TaylorMade's newest wedge, the High Toe 3, plus another edition of Winners Weird and What. All that and so much more coming up right here on our Labor Day special Best of Edition 
of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back inside our special Labor Day Best of Edition of Golf Talk Canada. I'm Adam Scully. We continue to take a look back at some of our interviews with players who have won on PGA Tour Canada. Next up, the Manitoba Open, which Parker Cootie went on to win. And after that victory, he spoke with Mark and I. Parker, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with Adam and I. 65, 62, 67, 67. You win this golf tournament by eight shots. What golf course were you playing, Parker? <laughs> I don't know. I think the same course, but now it felt a little different. It was a good week. Uh, good for you, man. And, you know, the eight-shot victory. But you played 36 holes on Sunday to cap off the win, as Mark mentioned, rounds of 67-67 in your third and final rounds. What was that marathon Sunday like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was a long day. It felt like a U.S. Am qualifier or some of the college events I've played in the past. It's just, it's just, it's just a, like you said, a marathon day that uh, it doesn't feel like it's going to end. I mean, you're out there 13, 14 hours that day, and it's just a long day that won't stop. What happened on Thursday night, Parker? You started off, uh, we'll call it for lack of a better term, uh, you know, you were kind of, I don't want to say, uh, you certainly weren't sluggish. You, you played four amazing rounds of golf to get the twenty to, to get the twenty-seven bar. You open up with sixty-five, which is great. Then sixty-two. What happened though on Thursday? Because would you say coming into this event, like, did you anticipate this coming? Because is this night also your first top ten of the year as well? So what what clicked for you this week, or what did it for you that changed the outcome of this event for all of a sudden you to do like a complete walk-off victory? Yeah. Um... I, I played pretty poorly to start the season now. I mean, missed a few cuts, and I had a great week at home with my coach and family and friends. This is a really good week. Got a couple things figured out, and uh, I guess was able to bring it here and translate it into playing some pretty good golf. And Parker, you know, we were just talking about you and your brother Pearson, your your twin brother. Earlier this summer, he wins for the first time on the Corn Ferry Tour. You win for the first time as a pro on PGA Tour Canada. Describe your family dynamics. How close are you guys, and how much have you guys pushed each other throughout your careers? Yeah, uh, we're really close, and to have him do what he's done so far has been really, I mean, it's really pushed me, and he had a really good college career but that also pushed me i mean i think it's both just keep pushing each other and we just got ahead right now on the corn ferry but i mean the goal is to get on the pga tour with him as fast as possible he has a great chance in the next couple of weeks to do that and pretty confident he'll do so 
Well, Parker, you're pretty close to the top seven. Now uh, moving up 83 spots to the seventh spot. we got a couple of weeks left for you to get inside that top five, which is certainly going to help clear your path. There's a few ways of getting Corn Ferry, and then, as you pointed out, get to the PGA Tour as soon as possible. So good luck the rest of the way. I'm curious, um, how similar do you as brothers swing the golf club? And how similar are your thoughts? You said you had a great week at home with your coach leading into this big win that you just had. And I'm just curious from a technical position, you know, having two brothers that play, you know, at this elite level at the same time, chasing the same thing. Do you have similar thoughts about the golf swing and similar thoughts about what you work on or whatnot? Or do you swing it completely different? I was just very curious to that. Uh, our swings are kind of similar, but when you slow them down on video, they're, they don't look, I mean, they don't look, like, identical by any means. So, uh, I definitely think that we agree on a lot of things on the swing. And, I mean, we, just, we have the same swing coach, and, uh, and our dad taught us a lot in the swing. So, I definitely have a lot of stuff we agree upon, but I, I don't think our swings look necessarily really close if that makes sense i know it's kind of tough but uh yeah i mean we definitely talk about what we do and all that stuff well Parker, have a great last few weeks. We got a couple of weeks to nudge up a couple of spots, get in that top five, keep her going, and and who knows, maybe another winner's circle for you. So congratulations on on the win, and thanks for taking the time to do this with Adam and I. Of course. Thank you. What a great win that was for Parker Cootie, and what a family they have too. Well, there's only a couple of weeks left in the PGA Tour Canada season. We'll have the winner of this past weekend's Golf BC Championship on the show next week. And then in a couple of weeks, September 15th, 18th is the Fortinet Cup Championship at Deer Ridge in Kitchener. Looking forward to that one. It's been a great year on PGA Tour Canada. Really enjoyed following along throughout the season and looking forward to the Fortinet Cup Championship in just a couple of weeks. On the other side, our best of will continue with another edition of Winners Weird and What. And it's safe to say there might be too much information involved with this. If you if you heard Scotty Scheffler a couple weeks ago giving away a bit of a weird injury he was going through, you know exactly what I'm talking about. All that and more coming up on the other side. This is our special Labor Day best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back inside our Labor Day Best of Edition of Golf Talk Canada. I'm Adam Scully. Well, as you know, Winners Weird and What is always our favorite time of the show. And here's one of our most recent editions of 3Dub. And this time around, Mark had the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, my winner this week is Tony Finau, and this is why. You know, we always been always been talking about 
Like, watch out if Tony Finau gets comfortable with the putter and learns how to win. And we thought it might happen after last year's playoffs because he won the Northern Trust. We're like, okay, here comes the floodgates on Tony Finau. Didn't happen. Then all of a sudden, he heats up in the summer late, goes back to back, mm-hmm. goes on fire. He ends up making it to the Tour Championship, uh, opened with a round of 72, but closed with a round of 64. And that's why he's my winner. Look at Tony Finau's. Check, this is insane. His last 10 golf tournaments on the PGA Tour. His last 10 PGA Tour events. This is his final round scoring. 68, 67, 64, 69, 66, 67, 67, 68, 68, 64. A Sunday final round scoring average of 66.8 in his last 10 golf tournaments. Wow. I mean, and that's why I was very high on Tony Finau as a value play last week on the TSN Edge at plus 2,000. And he had a birdie-free round on Thursday. But then, you know, good for him, shooting his way back up the leaderboard, leading the PGA Tour in final round scoring average. He was also third in third round scoring average, too. So, you know, good for Tony Finau. And you have to think, I mean, with the President's Cup coming up as well and for next year, for the majors, Finau's had a bunch of good finishes, too. I wonder if it's his time. You know, in the next couple of weeks, we're, um, I want to sit down, and we, you, Bob, and I, we got to do, a, like, a roundtable discussion of, of who we think is going to break out next year. Who's going to have a big year? I like that. I think Tony Finau's probably on the tip of all of our tongues. Yeah. But there's others. You know, who who is that guy? Cameron Young. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I think, and who do we expect to maybe lose some air out of the balloon next year? Something we're going to have to dive into in the next couple yeah. weeks here as we're 17 days away from starting the new season. The longest <laughs> off-season in sports. All right, my weird this week. Rory McIlroy made an appearance in our Winner's Weird or What last week in the weird with the electric golf ball oh, yeah. that he threw yeah. into the pond at the BMW. Well, this week he makes uh, an appearance in, as my weird as well because... He is one of the greatest ball strikers in the world. In fact, you could suggest he is the greatest ball striker in the world, T to green. For a player of Rory's caliber to tw- give you a twirl, mm. it means they love it. Oh, yeah. Let me take you back to Sunday at the Tour Championship. 16th hole, fairway bunker, pin is left, guarded by a front left bunker. Rory's in a fairway bunker. Pures one, twirls the club, stares that up and down. He loves it. Air melts his target by 20 yards up over the green into the, the deep rough. He gets up and down off the pole from there. Like, hats off. Applaud the up and down. But how bizarre is it, Adam, for one of the greatest players of all time and maybe the best player of this generation to give you a club twirl and be off by 20 yards? Do you, do you think he had a, raw, a bad number? Maybe I, I don't know. You so, wonder if the caddy gave him a bad bad. So digit. I was wondering, is it bad number, or was he so juiced? Yeah, like the drive in on eighteen was Oof. ridiculous. Was that just so much in the moment? It's one of uh, one of two things: the juiced energy, or a bad number, or combination of both. And it's funny you mentioned club tours because I have one. I know you got one for winners beard and what too. It's good. It's and good. my what is what a nice weekend because I know we're going to talk Canadian golf. Yep. But what a nice week and what a nice weekend for Michael Glickick because Michael Glickick did not make the top 125. He was close. He was close. He went to the Corn Ferry Tour playoffs, mm-hmm. and with his performance yesterday, 
Well, I'll give you his four rounds, 67, 67, 69, 69. He finishes solo fourth, is now projecting fourth in the Corn Ferry Tour Finals, which means what? Michael Glickick's going back with full-time status on the PGA Tour 22-23 season. Well done, Michael. Back against the wall, getting it done. Awesome, man. Good for you. All right, Adam, that does it for me. T is yours, sir. 348. Oh, Oh, man, that is sweet. You know, we're getting in some golf later this week, Mark. Yes, you and, and I are going to play. And I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to try to send it a couple times just, <laughs> just, just for you. Just Thank a you. little extra, you know, I'll activate the glutes. And speaking of activating the glutes, that's where my winner goes this week, the Tiger Woods, who coined that phrase. And, you know, for, we know Tiger Woods. He's generally this serious guy. He doesn't really, hasn't really given you much personality over the years. And sure, he's softened as, yes. as he's gotten older. And there was this video that came out uh, from Golf Digest talking about Tiger. And, you know, he, he, this video starts, he's very serious, saying, you know, I've had this great career, and you have to work on all facets of your game, including the club twirl. And then it shows Tiger working on this club twirl. And, <laughs> and then you can tell it's, it's, it's satirical. It's, it's funny. It's a very funny video and how uh, they, him and Rob McNamara, his sort of, not his agent, but his sort of his guy, call him that, uh, sort of watching video from the past, talking about some of his great cl- club twirls and how he's failed some in the past. And, <laughs> but the best part of the whole thing is, is Tiger, he's sitting in this chair, like in a movie set almost, and he's twirling a club and he gets up and on the back of his chair it says, Goat. Goat. Greatest of I all time. I love it. So uh, we'll, we'll retweet that from the Golf Talk Canada Twitter account too. This was, this was a really cool video. It's worth the three minutes of your time. Right. And go, go check it out. Okay. My word this week. In other sports, we see, especially around the playoffs, we see lower body injury. Mm-hmm. We see upper body injury. Scotty Scheffler, on the other hand, I guess he doesn't really follow a lot of other sports that closely do, because do we he file was... this, Adam, in the too much information category. Oh, this is too much information. If if this is the line, he has gone so far past the line of TMI. <laughs> what are we talking about after his first round of the Tour Championship? Scotty Scheffler asked about a recent injury he's been going through. What, what was the weird little injury? Um, it's probably TMI, but I had a what's called a pylonidal infection. It's an infection at the top of your butt crack. Um, you can look it up. It's it was it was um, it was really hard for me to bend down it was really hard for me to make a swing on Sunday walking was actually extremely difficult I don't know if if any of you have ever had something like that but if you talk to someone that does it is excruciatingly painful and um, yeah it was it was brutal Uh, (laughs) I mean maybe don't go into that much detail about assists that's above your rear end I mean Extremely painful upper butt crack infection. Was that? Hopefully you weren't eating dinner yeah. while listening to that. Clip. Yeah, I don't or, know. Or breakfast, I guess. Fiber, though. maybe more fiber. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Metamucil. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, so Scotty Shuffler. I'm at a loss. Scott. You know what? I appreciate the honesty, but didn't need to be that honest. No. Uh, maybe no. next time, just say you. Yeah. You're, you're sore somewhere, but <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe some way to cure that cyst would be an ice bath. Maybe that would, uh, might you know where you go. The next time this happens, hopefully there's never a next time. But it's a lower back infection, not an upper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, my what this week? Uh, hard to segue from that. 
Justin Thomas and Michael Phelps seem to be doing a lot of video, uh, some sort of videos together a lot now. And they did one uh, after one of JT's rounds where they're both, they're both sitting in an ice bath. And Michael Phelps still talks about how he takes ice baths daily. And this is the greatest, greatest Olympian yeah. of all time, really. And I, I'm not sure... If you've ever taken an ice bath, I've never taken one. I was more. I of a, thought maybe you would with your goalie. I was more know. of an Epsom, uh, hot bath, Epsom salts, and the Jets kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if me and ice baths. I, I, uh, I kind of want to try usually, it. Usually, when I feel like my back's killing me or my knees are killing right. me or something along those lines, and I'm thinking ice bath, I, I instead pivot. For an extra glass of wine. That's I was That's just going to go there. Yeah, you open up the Barolo. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just go. Oh, okay. I could take the ice bath or, or pour another one of these. Yeah, and I just pour another one. Of I feel like that's the safer play. Yeah. I, I am curious because a lot of these golfers are saying now that ice baths really help them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm not sure how long they stay in them. It seems excruciatingly painful. Tiger says he takes three or four a day just yeah. to function. Yeah, it's uh, it's intriguing. Yeah, but I think I, I don't know. I think I'd rather hurt Adam. I think I'll just stay. Especially in now, like summer's almost over. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I got that, you know, Mediterranean blood. I can't handle the yeah. uh, ice baths. Yeah, so. I like the heat. <laughs> All right, that does it for three dub. On the other side, we'll wrap up the show and hear from Bill Price learning about the new tailor-made high toe three wedge. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Welcome back inside our Labor Day Best of Edition of Golf Talk Canada. I'm Adam Scully. Well, 20 weeks of TaylorMade is now behind us for the season. It'll be back next year. And congratulations to Christian Anderson, who took home the grand prize, which was worth over $10,000. Wow. For those who haven't heard of 20 weeks of TaylorMade, what it is for 20 weeks during the summer, we give away some sort of TaylorMade product every week, whether it's a driver, fairway wood, iron sets, golf ball, the works. All you have to do, follow Golf Talk Canada, follow TaylorMade Canada, Twitter, Instagram, tag your golfing buddies, and you'll be in the draw for 20 weeks to win some great TaylorMade product. And just a couple of weeks ago, TaylorMade released its newest wedge, the High Toe 3. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I just received my wedges. Looking forward to trying them for the first time on the golf course. For much more on these wedges, I went one-on-one with Bill Price from TaylorMade. So much technology in this newest edition of High Toe. But first, for someone who isn't aware of what High Toe is all about, give us a summary of how it first came to be in 2018. Yeah, great question there, Adam. We uh, a few years back we started uh, meeting with all the players, and 
one of the things we were on a search for was uh, around the greens. Um, is there a wedge that can hit all the shots? And what's your worst shot that you have or your nightmare? And what is it that uh, we could do a better job at? And there were so many uh, questions about this type of shot or this type of condition or this type of bunker or grass, uh, soft, firm. And it was, at the end of the day, it was, you know, their difficulty with and and there was one in particular that i was talking about was you know when the balls especially in kukuya when it's sitting up high and you have that wedge shot there and you're hitting it inconsistent and a lot of it was they were hitting it more on the toe shot side of of things so it was all around that and we talked about what type of sole designs that they were, were going to be needed to help hit all these different shots and at the end of the day it was more of a full camber first off they talked about camber both from heel to toe uh, front to back, so a lot of camber. Um, they all talked about being able to slide this club under the ball. Uh, we talked about a low leading edge to, to, to handle all the different shot characteristics. And so combination of low leading edge, lots of camber, and a somewhat, they didn't ask for this, but more of a wider sole. So that was that's really the secret behind what, what high toe has been. Now, that's the sole. But then at the end of the day, they were all about the higher toe. So we talked about, well, how high should that toe be or how tall should that toe be? And so uh, we looked at different versions. So if you look at a wedge today, a typical wedge is, let's call it about 62 millimeters. We looked at about 66, 68, 70. We looked at a lot of different sizes and we landed on this, where we are today. So that was really important. Um, to have a little bit higher toe because they like to open that face up, especially what I talked about having that ball where it sits up sometimes in the high grass. So that was uh, uh, part of the design of the high toe and then we called it high toe. And then the last piece of the puzzle, you know, uh, what I challenged the guys is should it have full length scoring lines all the way across the face? And that was an atom automatic, yes, it needs to have the full length scoring lines because like we talked about, there is a tendency to hit it towards the high on the toe. So they wanted to make sure that they had scoring lines out there. So it was really designed with all the players, uh, uh, development from all the different players and input from all the uh, different things that they were trying to do to, to help their game. So lots of information there, but now on to high toe three, tell us about some of the new features with this new great wedge. So one of the things, Adam, we kept all the good stuff that we've done for the last couple of years the same. So we didn't touch the sole. So same sole to the signs. What we did do, though, is add a few more bounce options uh, to, the, to the design of high toe three. Um, so we added some more bounce options that the players have, re have asked for. So we have a low bounce and a high bounce, a seven, a 10, and a 13 bounce. So we added that. But keeping everything else the same, the same high toe, the same full length scoring lines, um, the same sole treatment of the wide sole, a lot of camber. And we just did a couple little tweaks here and there, especially with the 54, we added full length scoring lines across the face. We didn't have it before, uh, but the big also change is the, uh, is the weight pad that's just fine on the toe on the backside. So that really is trying to get that, that launch down, but the players are always looking for. So a lower launch with a little bit more spin. You mentioned the 54 and expanding the full length scoring lines now extending to wedges 54 degrees and higher. What were some of the reasons behind that? So there seems to be a movement uh, lately in the last few years. We have always had traditional wedges, you know, 52, 56, 60. It seems it's shifting downward a little bit to, 
to I call the more modern uh, uh, purchase, which is a 50, 54, 58. We're seeing a lot more players in there. And it really, for consumers, uh, it really, it's a great idea because their sets and their set wedges are very strong today. So you really got to pay attention to the gapping. So it does make sense. So the new modern approach is 50, 54, 58. Now we did have full length score lines in 56 because the players said that they do have a tendency to open up their 56. So they'd like to see full length score lines, but in our old designs, we used to keep kind of a standard score line in 54, but with this movement happening, it was important to, you know, the players said, let's, let's get full length score lines in 54. And there's also a higher center of gravity in the new high toe three, correct? So what are some of the benefits of this? So one of the things that you depend upon who you talk to, but you look at the launch characteristics of, of what tour does versus say the average golfer. And, you know, you'll look at, you know, a, a number there's some can be 20 degrees of difference in launch between say an average, average player versus a tour player on a 60 degree wedge. And a lot of it is where, how they deliver that, um, that, that angle of attack, but you know, they are, they are all looking for a lower launch with high spin. That's the combination. So low launch, high, high spin, so that they can hit those shots in there, especially what they're playing is these very tight, uh, tucked pins. So being able to lower that launch is something that we're trying to achieve. And we were able to do that with that weight pad that's on the high toe three. And now all of these changes for high toe three are all aimed for increasing versatility for all kinds of shots in all kinds of conditions, correct? Across the board. Yeah. And, you know, so I always get the question, you know, what's the perfect wedge setup uh, from TaylorMade? I would say, you know, um, it depends upon who you are, uh, but you can have definitely you can have MG in the low lofts, uh, but a high toe, I think, is the most versatile wedge across the board for all golfers. Um, now, the one addition that we're doing is we always had this copper finish that we call it an aged copper. Uh, that's always been the. Um, Part of the the legacy of what high toe has always been but we are adding for the first time a chrome version uh, that'll be out in the spring so a chrome version because there's been a lot of requests that they uh, consumers as well as tour players like to have the same finish in their low lofts as their high lofts so uh, so we are going to offer that in the spring well so much technology jam-packed into this brand new wedge the high toe three from TaylorMade. bill thanks for your time today thanks adam Many thanks to Bill Price for joining us and discussing the TaylorMade High Toe 3 Wedge. Well, that does it for our Labor Day Best of Edition of GTC. We'll be back next Monday at 10 a.m. for a brand new edition of GTC. Mark, Bob, and I will all be back around the table. We have a couple TV shows as well we should update you on. In September, we have an Irish travel special. We'll take a look back at Mark's trip to Ireland, as well as a President's Cup preview show. Looking forward to that, given all the drama going on right now on the international side and players deciding to go to live. Well, this has been a fun one today. Thanks so much for joining us on this Labor Day best of edition of GTC. Happy Labor Day. And remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 Fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. 
Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. 